Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start, Start saving, saving today. today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. This week's Law & Order Marathon winner is Sarah Beth Votra from Tully, New York. Sarah Beth will get a marathon decal showing she watched 26.2 hours of her favorite crime show. To be next week's winner, sign up at lawandorderpodcast.com. I'm Kevin Flynn with Rebecca Lavoie and Lonnie Diane Rich, and these are their stories. You think you know who did it, but you don't know who did it. Law and order, law and order, law and order. It's no ordinary police procedural, baby. It's the FNOG of police procedures, baby. Law and order, law and order, law and order, law and order. These are their stories, these are their stories. Welcome to These Are Their Stories, the podcast about Network TV's most enduring crime franchise and the real-life cases that inspired their shows. I'm Kevin Flynn. Each podcast, we'll break down an episode from either Criminal Intent, SVU, or Original Recipe. And today, we're looking at Special Victims Unit, Season 7, Episode 9, Rockabye. Does it normally take two weeks to schedule an appointment? <laughs> Very busy. Or did it only take two weeks because you wanted to delay her till it was too late to have a legal abortion? It's an outrageous accusation, quite unprovable. Joining me to do just that is true crime author and the host of Crime Writers On and Netflix's You Can't Make This Up podcast. Ooh, fancy. Rebecca Lavoie. Oh, Hello, me. Rebecca. Hi, how are you? Good. I can't believe like, I'm also hosting a Netflix podcast now. It's so, so fancy. Well, you're on almost as many podcasts no, as our special guest. Not even close. <laughs> our first Grand Slam <gasps> returning guest. <laughs> Lonnie Diane Rich. Hi, Lonnie. Hi, guys. I am so excited to be here, especially because I'm the most frequent guest. But I do have something that I wanted to talk to you guys about first before we get started today. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just want to go back and kind of go through memory lane, the history of my time with you on this podcast, because yeah. the first time you had me on... Mm -hmm. Vincent D'Onofrio's fans got mad at me. Now, here's yes. the reason why. Because somebody on the podcast said that Vincent D'Onofrio runs funny. Was not me. It was uh, me. By the way, it took them coming after me like three times before I finally threw Rebecca under the bus and said it wasn't me. And now Vince and I are like this. We're tight. It's great. Uh, the second time you had me on, it was the episode of Law & Order that was so racist that they took it off the air. And we had that discussion. That was lots of fun. The third time... It was the Me Too episode, and now, and now, here we are, abortion. So, the thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about yeah. is that I have basically two theories. I have two theories. One is that, uh, you know, you just are, for some reason, coming after me to see how many people you get mad at me. The other one is that uh, you have people lined up, and then something happens, and they can't show up, and I'm your Joan Rivers, right? So, they look at abortion, they look at Me Too, they look at racism, and they're like, you know what? I can't make it. I have a dentist appointment. And then you're like, Lonnie! And that's how I've been here so much. Either way, I'm fine with it. I got nothing but love for you guys. All right, I'm just going to be real. I didn't even yeah. know you were guesting on this podcast until I walked into the closet. <laughs> I don't book it. 
I don't know anything about how the sausage is made, Kevin. This is a hundred percent on you. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get a hundred here. Okay. First of all, I have a horrible cold. Uh huh. On oh. top of what's been going on with my, th- I don't know who I sound like today. <laughs> We're gonna punch through. You sound like Vincent D'Onofrio running. that wasn't me people (laughs) that is rebecca (laughs) okay i will say that i had a previous guest Mm -hmm. who was assigned this episode Mm. and word came back that they could not do it Mm. because they were sensitive oh and i said well who do i know who's not sensitive they don't want to talk about somebody (laughs) beating their girlfriend with a lamp (laughs) I'm like, it is law and order, right? <laughs> Even when hearing Lonnie talk about like how horrible this was, like, well, yeah, it is law and order. It is it's law SVU. And order. What were you, what were you expecting? There wasn't like a special episode where they go to the amusement park. And it's like, they go to the amusement park to chase a killer through. The House of Horrors. <laughs> there is an episode like that. Yeah. That's the only time they went to the amusement park. Sorry, Lonnie. And they would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for these damn kids. Yeah. Exactly. Now, Lonnie, we've already yes. gone over in the previous mm-hmm. three visits here. She needs like a special jacket or something. We have a we dress we can send her something. We're gonna just, just, we, we have to come up like with a five-timers club like on Saturday Night Live. You think she's ever doing this again? Oh, yeah, she's doing oh, it. Oh, hell yeah. Are you kidding me? She's always like, available, apparently. Kevin knows me. For you guys? Hell yes. Look, my dance card is really full. I am making you guys do this at the crack of dawn because I'm not giving up a chance of hanging out with you. So, I've you already know, demonstrated when, when one episode's rejected. Quick, call Lonnie Diane Rich. She's <laughs> like Mikey from the Live commercial. She'll do anything. I'm your Joan Rivers. When Johnny couldn't show up, Joan yeah. Rivers was like, I'm not doing anything. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've already gone over which Law & Order characters are your favorite. So we're going to do it differently. Ooh. As someone who is an expert on story. Yes. And all things that make story great. Mm-hmm. In all of literature or the moving image. Oh, my God. <laughs> who is your favorite detective team? Favorite detective team i kind of think sherlock and watson from the uh, moffat version on the bbc mm. um i think that there is something really beautiful about that relationship i like the i like is that the cumber the benedict, Cum- cumber benedict cumberbatch okay, and yeah. martin freeman and um and they have this like wonderful sense of masculine community that doesn't include this like gay panic with it you know it's like they just mm-hmm. have genuine affection for each other and it's really really nice and wonderful and I like, I know we've got loads of male stories and we're always complaining that we need more representation, we need more whatever. But I think that there's toxicity in our male stories as well that that poisons kind of like our, our sense of masculinity within the culture. And I think that Sherlock does something to kind of belay that and I really like it. I, and I think it's well written aside from that. Just storytelling, it's great. Well, for a, a pick of like that, I would say that it's pretty elementary. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now let's take a look at the first half of this episode, SVU, Season 7, Episode 9, Rockabye. It's real light. Well, you know it's bad. <laughs> you know it's bad in New York City when the only person at a CD motel who will respond to cries for help is the pay-me-up-front hooker. <laughs> <laughs> so they find a teenage girl on the floor, badly beaten in the abdomen with a motel desk lamp. The perp ran away and the victim slipped out of the hospital. It sounds like she was turning a trick. John stole her purse. Maybe he's an addict. Or it could be a pimp who roughed her up for working his game. She hasn't been working here long. CSU found a one-way bus ticket crumpled in a wastebasket. 
Two weeks old from Pulaski, Virginia. A runaway. Comes to New York, uses up her money, goes on the game. Lauren Wesley is missing, but made several calls to the women's sexual health clinic. Found in the yellow pages under A for abortion. <laughs> Mr. Wesley arrives from Virginia to say that Lauren had made the golden promise of abstinence. So, oh of course, she's in her second trimester. And Dad says it had to be rape because it couldn't possibly have anything to do with Virginia's parental notification law or her friend Wayne, who drives her home after school every day. So, the cops find Lauren passed out in the back seat of a car, hemorrhaging from the beating. Doctors save her life, but they can't save the baby. Lauren says the clinic told her that she was at 24 weeks and they couldn't help her. Later that night, Wayne beat her into having a miscarriage. They arrest Wayne, who backs up Lauren's story. But Warner finds strange patterns among Lauren's bruises. In addition to the lamp, it appears Lauren was also striking herself. Okay, so we start with this sweeping crane shot from outside the motel. Mm. You go past all the windows where you hear the screams and everyone's reactions. What's that noise? Who cares? Turn it up. I warned you about this place. Sprung from the no car. way can I do that. I gotta be in Buffalo by tomorrow night. Okay, honey. Just come on. Come on. Hurry up. And there's this one elderly couple and it's like, Turn the TV up louder. <laughs> Always turn my stories, Marvin. Always turn my stories. <laughs> it was supposed to be like Hitchcockian, right? The opening to this. It had yeah. a very rear window kind of feel to yeah. it, didn't it? Yeah. Totally. Kitty Genovese, like, yeah. oh, no yeah. one cares. I literally uh-huh. wrote that. I'm like, oh, is this a Kitty, Kitty Genovese situation? I gotta get mm-hmm. the buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like central casting all those old people, right? Yeah. They're like from the 1950s. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And only the hooker's like, wait a minute, something's out of place. I should be the one to call the cops. Okay, okay. First of all, let me just come in here and say she's a sex worker. Oh, right, right. Sorry. She has agency. She has a heart of gold. And she has guns. So, mm. okay, we can just keep moving. Okay. <laughs> well, let's talk about that agency for a second, because we yeah. find that it obviously had to be rape, because Lauren had made... The golden, the golden promise. promise. Could she have come here with a boyfriend? Lauren doesn't date. You sound very sure. I am. She made the golden promise. Golden promise? What's that? Kids pledge to abstain from sexual activity until they're married. Okay, can I just can I just say something? Can <laughs> yeah. I just say something? Do it. I I'm gonna take a table. I'm gonna scrawl purity culture on it in blood. Then flip it. Then take it out back. Shoot it and light it on fire. This whole golden promise thing made my skin crawl the entire time. It was so infuriating. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, if I have to explain this shit to you, Flynn, this is gonna be a oh much longer podcast than you we have are, time for. <laughs> we are on the same. Page. We are 100% on oh the same God. page. Mm-hmm. This whole thing where dads feel like mm-hmm. they own their daughter's bodies and virginity, and it's a yeah. promise they're making to them to stay. It's so gross. And virginity is a stupid freaking concept it as is. well. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing is, it's crazy. The whole thing is yes. bananas. 
as mm-hmm. are daddy-daughter dances, but that's a topic for a different day. <laughs> Creepy AF, I'm Which telling I, you. Which, I just got to say, credit due, Elliot played that off like it wasn't the most naive dad thing he's ever heard. Right, because he's exactly the same way. <laughs> oh, he was like, oh, tell me more about this golden promise. Are there pamphlets? Is there a website I can go to? <laughs> Sounds very interesting. It's probably too late for Kathleen, but Maureen, you never well, know. Right. <laughs> Don't worry about Dickie. He'll get by. Dude, no one cares about Dickie. Doesn't, that doesn't count with boys. Doesn't get. Boys no, are allowed to fuck. But apparently, boys also make the golden promise. Because <laughs> Wayne made the golden promise. It's the same kid. Two golden promises broken. <laughs> and I keep thinking, maybe this is where you get all the chicks when you're in that high school <laughs> at the choir i think yeah. he mistook it for a golden shower i think he uh, said i think he looked it up on urban dictionary and was like oh yeah i'd be into that you know mm. and then didn't really because wayne did not appear to be like the sharpest crayon in the box i'm just saying <laughs> well they have a clue that something is off when they discover Lauren's hiding place. Mm. What's CSU getting the call? Some food. Wheat bread, turkey, and tomatoes. Doesn't sound like a hooker's chips and donuts. We even found a plate, plastic knife and fork, and a rose. Was she eating a sandwich with a fork and a knife? <laughs> <laughs> She's from Virginia. They're classy there. <laughs> and a whole tomato? She was like Peterman, you know, eating the M&Ms with the spoon. <laughs> <laughs> Just. In the back seat of a car. Exactly. <laughs> because it's important. It's important to have standards, Rebecca, yeah. when you're going through your teenage crisis. I love that this park and ride is like mm-hmm. the place where like runaways and like street people like break into cars to sleep it off. It's like, <laughs> why are people using that park and ride? <laughs> <laughs> That's where you leave the car that you stole. <laughs> I came back from Buffalo, <laughs> and my window was busted out, and there's Sleeping Beauty hooker in the back. I'm I mean, sorry, Sleeping Beauty sex worker. She has agency. <laughs> and a tomato. She has agency and a tomato. And a rose. And a rose. And a rose. She was picked to oh stay for the God. next week. She was picked to stay for Yeah. She was making the place nice. You know what? Environment matters. Mm. A little, little rose, a little floral. Every it criminal helps. leaves his signature. This time it was the rose. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really, if you go to the trouble getting a loaf of wheat bread yes. and a whole tomato yes. and you have silverware, where's the fucking mayonnaise? <laughs> really? Because it's a dry sandwich? <laughs> I mean, I think they even have it in packets. Come I'd on. I'd want to die, too. Let's I'd want to die, too. <laughs> Could have been her last meal. I suspect that it's Miracle Whip shame. Because oh, yeah. Miracle Whip. people who like Miracle Whip don't like to talk about liking Miracle Whip because it's this big shaming thing. As it should so. be. <laughs> Shit is nasty. <laughs> All right, let's take a look at the cast for a minute. It's our very special guest star... Ms. Annie Potts. That's right. Oh my God. Love her. She's playing Sophie DeVere for SVU appearances as this character. Why, Arthur, have you forgotten the 14th Amendment? The law treats Wayne Mortons and Lauren Wesley differently because of their gender. That violates the Equal Protection Clause. You know her from Ghostbusters and Designing Women. Designing Women is where we know her from, Kevin. Hey, she's lent her (laughs) voice to Bo Peep Mm -hmm. in the Toy Story movies. Mm -hmm. And she's also playing Mima on Young Shelton, which is Rebecca's favorite show. No, it's not. 
Jesus Christ! Do you not love, put, don't put that you on love me. Love young Sheldon. I don't like the Big Bang Theory. I don't understand why uh, anyone likes it. Nor uh, thinks it's uh, funny. I don't know who oh, watches it. Okay, when the Big Bang Theory friends or fans <laughs> want to come at me, that's right. That was Rebecca. I especially don't like the one where Vincent D'Onofrio runs through the room. Oh my god! <laughs> Tackles me, Ma, with his dopey run. <laughs> oh my god! They're gonna come after me, Rebecca. <laughs> No. <laughs> wait, wait until all the Toy Story advocates are oh, out there. Like, Toy Story. Oh no, but they're like. I mean, it's all about white peep. male. It's all about white male rage. But whatever. Right. <laughs> oh, don't get me started, honey. No. Jeez, fuck you, Fred Thompson. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Let's just let go back to yeah. the wonderful moment in our pop culture history that you uh-huh. will say. I didn't remember that because I had a thing. It was a penis. That was designing women. Uh-huh. And the extraordinary uh, Annie Potts, Delta Burke. Right. Was she on the original cast? Jean she come Smart. Later? She was in the original there was, cast. There was, I remember yeah. there was one There was major, a switcheroo yeah. because Delta Burke left. That's, oh, that's what it was. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and Dixie Carter. Yeah. Those are the mm-hmm. OG motherfucking designing women right there. And Annie Potts was among them. So forget the rest. That's the only thing that matters. Annie was nominated for a Golden Globe for her film debut in Corvette Summer with Mark Hamill. Mm. She's also in Pretty in Pink. Also in Pretty in Pink. Oh, God. Pretty in Pink. <laughs> Don't even get me started on John Hughes. White male Jesus. rage. And she's white male, white rage. male rage. I saw that, too. I did. <laughs> I'm just going to mention in passing that we see a, a previous Hey, It's That Girl that we've already uh, talked about previously. It's Judith Light. I'll recuse myself. Playing politics with the law, Casey. Mm. Who's the boss and transparent. She's uh, revising her role as uh, Judge Elizabeth Donnelly. She's the best. I love her. Angela. 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 (laughs) You know who's the boss? Angela. Angela. (laughs) It's funny you thought that. Um. (laughs) White male rage. (laughs) White male rage. Let me get to a, our Hey, It's That Guy. Hey, it's that guy. Who is playing Dr. Lett, the doctor from the abortion clinic? Oh, that guy? Yeah. Mm, that guy. Oh, yeah, I, I shut everybody up with that, huh? Yeah. Was he not on Designing Women? If he wasn't on Designing Women, then I don't care, right? Yeah. <laughs> that actor is named Robert Foxworth. When I examined her, I found that legally I couldn't perform the abortion. She was over 24 weeks. He played Chase for six seasons on the famous evening soap opera Falcon Crest. Ooh, Falcon Crest. Oh, uh, which is, a, yeah. I just use it as an adjective now when like there's drama. I just, this is a Falcon <laughs> Crest. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's remember. actually a noun. That's Jeez. a noun. <laughs> Susan Sullivan, you mean? That Falcon Crest? <laughs> yeah, he was a nominee for the 1986 Soap Opera Digest Awards Favorite Super Couple on a primetime series with actress Susan Sullivan. Who went to my high school. She went to... She was, oh, great. Okay. <laughs> well, hello. Rubbing elbows, girl. That's right. Well, I didn't go to high school with her. I think she's like 40 well, yes. years older than me. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. Uh, well, she could have come back. You know, She was know. on Falcon Crest when you were in gym class. I know. Yeah. We used to watch Falcon Crest. Actually, my uh-huh. sister did, and I would watch it, stay up and watch it with her. Uh, yeah. So Robert Foxworth, uh, he turned down the role of... JR on Dallas. Mm. Oh. Bad move. Uh, but he is keeping busy today. He is the voice of Ratchet in the Transformer movies. Good for mm-hmm. him. Good for him. That's a nice paycheck. 
Yeah. And what if I told you he was the real life Durwood? What did you think I would mean by that? No idea. I have no idea. He was with actress Elizabeth Montgomery for 20 years. Really? No uh, From Bewitched, yeah. Wow. When she died in 1995. They were together for 20. They married sort of at the end for the last two or three years. Hmm. Oh. But as far as I know, he was never nose-twitched into colonial New England by oh, accident. So. yeah. <laughs> That's a shame. Yeah, it is a shame. <laughs> <laughs> so do we know the dad? She said she was coming here to visit a friend's family and have a look at colleges. I put her on a bus, gave her some money. Yeah, he's in everything. I don't know his name. I know he's in everything. I don't know that guy. He's always yeah. a patrolman. He was in Third yeah. Watch, right? Mm-hmm. That actor, his name is Skip Suddeth. Mm-hmm. Five mm-hmm. Law and Order appearances. He was Sully. Of course he third was. Watch. <laughs> he looks like a Sully. If, uh, Sully, if the word Sully was a person, it would be that guy. <laughs> hey, so. <laughs> you watched Third Watch, though, right? I did. Yeah, I love Third Watch. Right before you watched Young Sheldon? <laughs> um, so... A fun fact from Third Watch, Sully and his Ukrainian girlfriend were supposed to elope and get married on September 11th, Aww. 2001. Oh. You know, like you do yeah. on a Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody know the actress playing Lauren? No. Okay, I didn't know what else to do. I was hurting so bad. I don't have anyone else. Please just leave me alone. Oh, it's like Haley somebody. She is a kid. She was, okay, the reason I know, and it's uh, she was in an episode of like Veronica Mars, and maybe her actress name was Haley or the character she played in Veronica Mars was Haley, but I just, I, I remember her from that. I, I think you may be correct. That's Carrie Lynn Pratt. Oh, okay, yes. Mm-hmm. And she was born right over there, Rebecca, in Concord, New Hampshire. Oh, Carrie Lynn. Former (laughs) Miss Teen New Hampshire. Yeah, she's had a lot of small roles and things. The originals drive me crazy. Mm -hmm. Veronica Mars. Guess how old she was in this episode? This 16-year-old character. Like 32? I don't know. She's 27. 27? She she didn't look 16, for sure, but she had that high-pitched voice. She didn't look 27. No, she didn't look 27. She didn't look 27. I would have pegged her realistically at like 22. She looked a little bit old to be making the golden promise. (laughs) (laughs) So part of Lauren's motivation is that her older sister got pregnant and dad kicked her out of the house so mm. that's why she couldn't tell him elliot mm-hmm. who is the most unhinged father to girls in television <laughs> really tries to reason with mr wesley yeah mm-hmm. fortunately children aren't disposable they deserted me they're kids born 16 she made a promise she's your child i don't care what your beliefs are you don't stop loving her like i know you don't stop thinking about your other daughter Lauren tried to kill her baby because she was afraid of you don't prove her right. So how does Elliot do on the on the Elliot Stabler scale? Wasn't this a good yeah. Elliot? Yeah, if only like he were actually like that, I wouldn't feel the way about Elliot that I feel. <laughs> <laughs> is it funny? Well, is it one of those things where like someone comes in who's even crazier and then the crazy person goes, oh yeah, that's crazy. So now I'm not mm-hmm. going to be crazy anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's all about that comparative insanity. Right. You know, because next to somebody like that, you look, you know, completely reasonable. It's Olivia, mm-hmm. who's like, so much for the golden promise. <laughs> oh, I know. So much for the golden promise. Yeah, like that was ever going to work. 
one look at a Britney Spears video and the golden promise goes out the bedroom window. Abstinence is baloney. Well, I read the number of high school teenagers having sex has dropped. Well, I guess you haven't read about the high school in Ohio where a fifth mm-hmm. of students got pregnant. Guess what they were taught in sex ed? <laughs> that fuck? lit me up when she said that. I was like, are you kidding me? She was and really then, pulling for that vir- virginity. Yeah, she was. Oh, my God. And then we come in with this whole thing of, you know, a uh, munch or whatever, like one look at a Britney Spears video. And I'm like, so now our perfect angel has gotten knocked up and it's the fault of another woman. Is that yeah. what we're going to say? Yes. We're going to blame it on them because it, uh, getting pregnant has absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with, I don't know, men. Or or the natural desires of human beings to connect with one another. Or the natural desires of of women. Right. You don't give a kid a car and not teach them how to drive and get insurance. A car is a rolling sex box. We all know that. Exactly. (laughs) When you put your kid in wheels, they're going to have sex. That's the way it works. And when when kids have a body, they're going to have sex with it. It's just how it works. Like, teach them how to use it, give them birth control, and get over your damn self. That's right, Dad. This is the most blue state episode we've ever done. Oh, I haven't even gotten started, baby. This isn't political. It's just right. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, it's it's just about right and wrong, and it is wrong to try to control female sexuality because you don't like the idea of this woman actually having some agency and control over herself. That's right. Well, Dad certainly thought that that meant that they abandoned him. <laughs> Which isn't weird at all. Because they couldn't yeah. keep their knees together. Oh, Jesus Christ. Dirty little girls. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> there's a real aha moment, and it's when Lauren says, I wasn't yelling, stop, don't. I was yelling, don't, don't stop. stop. Yes. You know what they say about punctuation, how it saves lives. <laughs> Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit sling.com to see your offer. Sling. (laughs) All right, now let's look at the second half of this episode. Wayne's new lawyer, Sophie DeVere, says that Lauren was afraid her father would kick her out of the house so they couldn't get a legal abortion. Novak wants to charge them both, but the law is not equal. Both kids committed the same crime, but according to the law, he could get five years in prison while she gets five years probation. Doesn't seem fair. The law's penalty reflects the degree of responsibility. Seems fair to me. Plead her out on the misdemeanor and prosecute him for the felony. Enter district attorney and disappointed vice principal Arthur Branch. (laughs) (laughs) He wants Novak to pressure pro-choice Judge Elizabeth Donnelly to recuse, because... She knows what a uterus is. Mm. Uh, now Sophie is moving to have her male client charged with the same misdemeanor Lauren is facing. Equal protection and all that. Because mm. we all know that white men really need that equal protection. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> On the stand, Casey asks Lauren, why didn't she just get the abortion when she came to New York two weeks earlier? She said that she did. She called the clinic each day but kept getting pushback until... She reached the 24-week period and couldn't legally get one. Benson finds out it's a fake abortion clinic. Branch is adamant that he won't let Casey cut a deal, but when she gets the clinic nurse on the stand, 
she sets it up for Sophie to spike the ball. The nurse admits the doctor's story that Lauren had a temperature was bullshit designed to stall the pregnant mother until it was too late. The jury convicts Wayne on the misdemeanor but acquits him of the serious felony. That's when Benson arrests Dr. Lett for his fraudulent abortion scam. Hmm. Well, in this episode, we have a crossover. Fred Thompson as original recipe, D.A. Arthur Branch. Mm-hmm. You know, Rebecca, mm-hmm. you sometimes forget that that character, he's the D.A. for all the prosecutors That's right. in all the universe. I don't forget. Okay, maybe sometimes I forget. <laughs> he shows up like a team on there. <laughs> oh, shit, he's the boss. Yeah. Casey has to answer to someone. Yeah. <laughs> and he's uh, going to let you know that he's conservative and not happy with this abortion bullshit at all. Right. Who's your trial judge? Elizabeth Connolly. <sighs> favorite radical feminist wears her views on her sleeve this will probably appeal to her notion of inequality how did uh-huh. he get this job <laughs> wait what you mean in the law and order universe yeah. or did, how did dick wolf hire him no how did arthur branch because 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 we know rudy giuliani it's an elected position hired diane weist appointed diane weist right yeah <laughs> as a felon right do i have to go back we get to so, jump shows this here like and- one of those like snapback things where like they had a hippie and then they were like fuck that we don't want a hippie anymore we want corn pone we need to balance these <laughs> ideas because who is representing the patriarchy and misogyny at the moment? In Manhattan. Uh, right. In Manhattan. Who's representing the pro-life majority of Manhattan in <laughs> the DA's office? Hey, now, there's a real power woman scene, right? Ugh. It's going to be the two of you going to walk down three flights of stairs in these heels and not hold the rail and argue about abortion all the way down. <laughs> Go! <laughs> Your presence will also politicize the case. It's going to provide fuel for the pro-life lobby. My absence will provide fuel for the pro-choice lobby, which still exists, Casey, even if you've deserted it. It's my job to prosecute this case regardless of my views. And it's my job to try it. I see no reason at all why I should accede to your request or tell your boss to go screw himself. So I'm going to say this. Diane Neal is fine Mm -hmm. as actresses go. Casey Novak is a strong character. Diane Neal is a decent actress. Mm-hmm. Judith Light mm-hmm. makes it look like Diane Neal is rehearsing for her first audition ever <laughs> in this scene. Really? Judith Light just so crushes this scene. She has this, I know it's a podcast and we can't demonstrate. Maybe you can play a clip. Mm-hmm. She has this barely concealed rage just behind her beautiful, beautiful face. It's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. It is. It is wonderful. And I was so with her because Fred Thompson can fuck off. <laughs> oh, our favorite radical feminist. And all you have to do in order to dismiss a woman is call her a feminist like that's a bad thing, which, by the way, it is not. Or they don't know what the word means. Let's be exactly. real. <laughs> uh, no, fair. Well, because of this. Because of this nonsense, because of the ways in which this patriarchal bullshit, pardon you, Kevin, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be coming down on men. I'm just trying not to make any sudden moves. <laughs> no, seriously, you're not safe in my presence is what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> men, right? But I mean, there's this whole thing about we all we have to do is say the word feminist and that somehow that takes this judge who has worked her entire life to get where she is and has earned every bit of it. Well, you don't know that. Flynn, I'm telling you right now. (laughs) Yeah, don't even try. They could have written in some, you know, bad shit about her too. You just don't know. No, remember she was a victim of an assassination attempt in one season. Oh yeah, she's such a good judge. She's such a good judge. She is. She's She's Judith Light, man. Yeah, don't don't mess with Judith. Don't. (laughs) 
We watched her masturbate in a bathtub in Transparent, <laughs> and it was amazing. I am going to just wash that <laughs> from my face. Uh, Sophie, the defense attorney, wants to introduce evidence that Lauren also participated in the beating. So she goes up during cross-examination to Warner at the stand, and then... What do these show? Bruises and abrasions to her abdomen. <laughs> Caused by the lamp? No. Caused by what? By this? Pulls this watch out of her coat pocket like it's a close-up magic trick. Mm -hmm. Is this the watch? Mm -hmm. It's already in a bag with a tag on it. It's like, why was she walking around with that in her coat pocket? Uh, so she could reveal it with a flourish. <laughs> you could just go over to the, you know, She's a designing woman, Kevin. She's a designing <laughs> woman. She designs things. That is the most 92-year-old woman watch I've ever seen on a 16-year-old girl. <laughs> what 16-year-old girl is wearing that? It was her promise watch that her daddy gave her. Oh. oh that, okay. No, I that take it back. Work either. I take it back. It's perfect. You, you can tell it's a golden promise watch because the the watch stopped at 1957. <laughs> right. uh. I have a legal question. Yeah. So I got all excited when Annie Potts throws out 14th Amendment because I know what that amendment is. It's mm -hmm. like one of the few few things I know in the Constitution. <laughs> Equal protection, which, by the way, was not designed to protect white men. But whatever. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> why didn't she just why does she have to try to use that? And she just can't be like. Same thing happened to her and to him. Punishment shouldn't be different. Like, why does she have to be all 14th Amendment and get that struck? In the case at hand, the law is constitutionally defective and violates my client's civil rights. My understanding, based on her f arguments she made later, is that state law in New York would have treated them differently. Okay. So the state law is that. So she is essentially trying to, like, make an appeal, yeah. which is why the judge says, I'm sorry, Mr. Veer, but if you think the law is defective, take it up with the legislature or the appeals court. Your client is facing serious criminal charges. The trial will proceed. Good night. Got it. Plus, it's law and order. That's right. Let's have something to talk there about. There needs to be some blah, 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 constitutional right. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> there needs to be some, I did a little bit of research as a writer for this episode. I Googled it. I Googled it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me Google that for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> In the writer's room. <laughs> They don't even pay for like a Westlaw subscription in this writing staff. You know that, right? Oh my god! They just Google everything. <laughs> they do. <laughs> it's like if this if this were a medical show, they'd just be like WebMD, WebMD, WebMD. She has the sniffles. She's dying. <laughs> so we find that just before the closing argument, right through the verdict. Branch has been standing in the back of the courtroom the whole fucking time. Like a creeper. With his arms crossed. Like like Casey made uh, him a golden promise. It's a golden promise. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, man. Man, it's a good thing that Novak isn't a lesbian because he would have fired her for that, right? Is this because I'm a lesbian? Oh, my God. <laughs> so Fred Thompson had to read this line. Like, he probably died a little bit inside when oh, he saw oh, the script. Oh, 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 my favorite line of the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, may I may be, be pro-life, pro but I'm even more, more pro-law. Pro <laughs> God. If I can't prosecute a doctor for performing an abortion, 
I'll prosecute a doctor for not performing an abortion. (laughs) God. I gotta say, it's a big phone book. There's gotta be other abortion providers under A. You would think. You would think she would just call the next one. Uh, That's what I was surprised about. Like, instead of calling the same one back every day, unless she'd already given him all of her money for the abortion. That's what my guess was. She'd already given her her 400 bucks or whatever. Yeah. That would have made it a crime right there. Yeah. That could have been part of the, oh, yeah. yeah. The crime starts at the Golden Promise, Kevin. Okay, no, just <laughs> take your money. <laughs> have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start Start saving saving today. today. Visit sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Dealing with mess can feel like an impossible task. It just keeps coming back. Well, today we're brought to you by the organization experts, IKEA. IKEA knows we all have those areas in our homes consumed by mess. Whether it be that chair that collects all your clothes or the monstrous pile under your bed. That's why IKEA makes affordable wardrobe organizers, underbed storage, and other solutions to help you easily take back that chair and conquer the mess monster under your bed. Visit IKEA to explore more. You can't afford mess, so IKEA makes storage affordable. All right, let's take a look at the real-life story that inspired this episode. It's time for Ripped from the Headlines. You think you know who did it. You think you know who did it. But you don't know who did it. You don't know who did it. This episode is inspired by the 2005 arrest of a Michigan teenager charged with inducing his girlfriend's miscarriage using a baseball bat. Authorities say when the couple found out they were pregnant, they tried to obtain a legal abortion, but state laws prohibited the girl from having the procedure without her parents' consent. The couple then hatched a plan in which he would secretly strike her in the abdomen with a souvenir-sized baseball bat. When it didn't work the first time, they tried it repeatedly until she miscarried in her home. The fetus was buried in the boy's backyard. It wasn't until the girl told others at a student conference about their actions that the authorities were notified. The 16-year-old boy was charged with a state law punishing assaults on pregnant women who miscarry. Charges against the girl were considered but never pursued. In September 2005, the boyfriend pleaded no contest to avoid jail time. Although the case was sealed in juvenile court, it's believed the teen received two years probation before having his record expunged. Okay, so ripped from the headlines, by the way, those uh, fake abortion clinic things are real. Yes, I know. They do Mm -hmm. pop up. We can say that uh, without access to safe legal abortion, knuckleheads are going to resort to stupid shit. Can we agree to that? That's happened all throughout history. I mean, there's not, you don't, it's not a... um, hypothetical there have been Mm -hmm. times where abortion was not legal and this is exactly the kind of thing that happened with some regularity not to you know people on the margins but to Mm -hmm. all kinds of people Mm -hmm. uh rich poor black white you don't have to be special or somebody that you don't know for this to have Mm -hmm. happened in your family yeah and the thing is is that the the only reasonable answer to abortion is access to medical services and access to um, reliable birth control for 
everyone. So the is the only reasonable answer is education and birth control. And Denver gave all the kids IUDs and their unplanned pregnancy rate plummeted. Everything was great. So I just want to say that's what I have to say. Well, at the heart of this case are parental notification laws. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's, here seems to be a case of where this is just disapproval, both in the TV show and in the real life. Think your mom and dad would disapprove. But there's sometimes where the cases family members should not be notified because they may be responsible for the pregnancy. Yeah. There may be some other criminal but here's aspect the thing. to it. You are doing they- the thing that people do when they argue for these laws. Now, I'm not, you know, I work in mm-hmm. news, so I can't tell you like exact, can't like be super opinionated on this. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you that's a problematic argument to always go to the most extreme case and why there mm-hmm. shouldn't be a parental notification law, because then the counter argument to that is that that's rare. But wouldn't you want to know what your kid is up to? The thing that we have to do, if you really want to make a strong argument against parental notification laws, is normalize the idea, which as a parent of a teenager, a parent of two teenagers, I can tell you, should be normalized, that kids are people with agency and lives, and they are weighing the very difficult choices of how their life could change if their parents know sort of how they're exploring their sexuality and things that are happening. And it is okay for us to not know every single detail of our kids' lives. It is okay. Mm-hmm. It is 100% okay. <laughs> and if that we can norm- like normalize that and that can be part of the normalized part of the conversation, I think these conversations would go differently. I, that is beautifully said. Because the whole, the whole subject line here, the mm-hmm. whole subject here with this fake girl and her fake dad is that she knew that if he found out she was even having sex... She'd be kicked out of the house. The reason that that happens is because there is this line drawn where parents are supposed to know every single aspect of their kids' lives, which is a bullshit mm-hmm. line. It's just a yeah. bullshit, weird, arbitrary, controlling, patriarchal line. So mm-hmm. that's my opinion on that. No, you're absolutely right. hundred percent. Absolutely. So at least at the time of this, you couldn't charge a woman with seeking an abortion, mm. right? So the U.S. Senate in 2006 tried to pass the Child Custody Protection Act which would charge adults other than parents who help girls across state lines to get an abortion if there is a parental notification law in their home state. So it seems that... (laughs) So the politicians who want to butt in and make it harder for women to get abortions want to stop people who want to butt in and make it easier for women (laughs) to get abortions. Yeah. I'm just so glad I have a penis. Uh, Aren't you? Aren't you? And I don't have to worry about this. This is bullshit. like this is what we women yeah. have been saying to you men for ages. Like, yeah, just stay out of our pants. Just stay out of them. <laughs> well, that's something we don't want to hear. <laughs> it, it's was, an invitation only situation. <laughs> it's opt in. It's opt in. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, I mean, Rebecca's so right though, because children are not property there is a it is on us as parents to guide them and to protect them to the best of our abilities but it's also on us to teach them how to be adults and that doesn't happen with the snap of a finger at 18 years old that happens by allowing them to make decisions and make mistakes and the best thing that you can do as a parent is make sure that they have information pivotal information to how the world works and what's going to happen if they make certain choices. Your job is to give them information so that they can make their own choices and then to try to help them through when they screw things up because they will. Now, authorities were notified when the girl went to a student leadership conference, got into one of those small breakout groups. They had to talk about like moments of empowerment and she told this story. Now, (sighs) hey, good on her 
for taking control of her own narrative mm-hmm. and owning her truth, but not exactly a white paper on how to cover your tracks. What I want to know is who was the other kid who snitched on this poor girl? <laughs> Some leader. Some future student leader. Someone who is the future DA of New York City. Some future apparently. Arthur Branch. Future Arthur Branch. Artie Jr. Some Arthur Branch Jr. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for us. We want to thank our guest, Lonnie Diane Rich. Lonnie, how can our listeners follow you online? All right. Y'all can find me at on Twitter at Lonnie Diane Rich and at Chipperish. And I have a new series of my House Story Works podcast, A College Course in Narrative Theory, starting on March 11th with deep dive instruction, examples on how to fix narratives, and interviews with writers and critical cultural thinkers. So I invite everybody to come and check that out. That's House Story Works. And Rebecca, if people want to confuse you with Lonnie and get mad yes. at the things you've said, where can they tweet at you? At D'Onofrio. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> At Reb Lavoy. And you can track me on Twitter at Kevin P. Flynn. You can also tweet to us at Law and Order Pod or follow us on Instagram at These Are Their Stories Podcast. Our newsreader was Cy Freighter. Our theme music was composed and performed by Uncanny Valleys. To get ad free episodes of These Are Their Stories a week early, sign up for Stitcher Premium. Get your first month free at StitcherPremium.com slash crime. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act Fair Use Exemption for criticism and commentary. Special thanks to the elite squad of the Law & Order Wiki community for preserving the evidence. If you want to know what episodes we're talking about in our upcoming shows, go to lawandorderpodcast.com. Sign up for our newsletter for a chance to be our next Law & Order Marathon winner. These Are Their Stories was recorded in the yoga loft above the bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio and is a production of Partners in Crime Media. Chapter 1. Wayfair welcomes you to the Waberhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the Waberhood, she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, Hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home.